0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. New Targum has won. The great score is Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Tim Williams from the Supercoach Playbook. If you're not across them on all of your social medias and you're a Supercoach fan, I highly advise you get on that now. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they've also got a podcast, um, SC Playbook. Make sure you jump on that. If you're into Supercoach, you need these guys in your corner. In my opinion, they're providing the very best content In the Supercoach game at the moment I use them myself for all my gear I've got a mate of mine that's riding for them And they just do the best job In the business Uh, Tim's going to run through all of our options today Leading into the round 3 of the NRL For Supercoach It's obviously a bit of a topsy-turvy season This year for Supercoach So the more advice you can get, the better And it's not coming from anyone better Than Timmy Williams Enough dribble from me, let's kick it off Tim, welcome on, mate. How are we?
1: Very good, Guru. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate the call-up.
0: It's a pleasure. Pleasure. Tell me about the Supercoach playbook. I think you've got some of the best content in the Supercoach game at the moment. Tell me, how, how did it all start?
1: Mate, um, so basically, I'd been working at The Telegraph um, as a journalist, a lot of digital sort of stuff, um, for five years and, and finished up there at the end of end of last year in December. Um the, the weekend work got a little bit too much for me, missing out on, on beers on the weekends with few mates, the the lack of socializing, as great a job as it was and how lucky I was. But um yeah, so from there I decided to I love my supercoach obviously in my my rugby league. So decided to get the the Supercoach playbook happening and get a bit of a website and content out there and a podcast starting up as well. And it, it's all been pretty I mean, aside from the whole worldwide pandemic that's stopped the footy season it's all been pretty smooth sailing so far and i'll I'll put it down to without sounding like a cop out the the whole supercoach community uh they're very generous and and i mean pages like yourself and a few of the other the big ones out there have given me a lot of support in in getting a few followers and um yeah so i've been quite lucky
0: mate i imagine it's been a pretty busy few months for you then
1: it has mate yeah things are going quite well. for the first couple of rounds of the season and throughout the preseason. And I've sort of, I tried to make an effort to keep the content going throughout the, the postponed season, you know, it was pretty troubling times for everyone and a bit of worry. And there's a lack of sort of decent footy content out there. So um, myself and and a few of the contributors for the playbook, we've got um, the guys who came first and second last year, a few Raiders boys in there as well just to try and get some sort of stuff out there to give give people something to read and look forward to coming back into the season. So it has been tough and, and a little bit hard at times to find motivation, but yeah, so far, so good. We're nearly there.
0: Now, uh, people can subscribe to the playbook. If I'm a subscriber, what do I get, mate?
1: Right, so the big one is um, just the, the premium content. So... <clears throat> I mean, if if we're punching out sort of 15 stories a week, maybe three or four, maybe five of them will be for subscribers only. And I'm a little bit wary of locking up too much content because, I mean, I I, I like to think a lot of the content is pretty decent and I don't want to exclude people from it. But, um, you know, if I can get a few subscriptions on board, it's money that I can throw back into the website um, to get more content from the contributors and whatnot. So I think it's hopefully for the better but yeah mainly just extra content throughout the week we've got you've got a forum going up a Q&A type thing onto the website this week or next week um, to make sure they get a bit of a you know a bit of inter- interaction between fans on Supercoach but there'll be a subscriber section to that as well that we can make sure the subscribers get their questions answered as well which we've been doing pretty well so far that will make sure of it um, and then next year we have got a bit of a prize for whoever finishes the top of our um, unlimited group—a uh, bit of a Raiders game day package for a game of choice for the the winning subscriber. Um, get them to a game, hopefully meet the boys, hopefully get them into the sheds, sign Raiders jersey, that sort of stuff. So hopefully a bit to offer there, mate.
0: Mate, one of uh, one of my mates that's riding for you—he's going to be very keen on that prize. Just quietly.
1: Mate, there's a few people keen on the old the old Raiders prize, <laughs> so we've. Um, there's some flights in there as well. It's an interstate winner from outside of New South Wales. get in there, but um yeah, there's a few Raiders fans who are, who are pretty keen on that one. So if, I hope it does go to a Raiders fan as a Raider myself.
0: If you're um, if you're listening now and you're you know you're not onto the Supercoach playbook yet, I heavily advise you dive into it. They've got the best content in the Supercoach business at the moment in my opinion. Where can they find you, mate?
1: Guru, we're um at scplaybook.com.au au uh, is the website, and the majority of go through there. Um, got a podcast on all the sort sort of major channels there on Spotify and Apple, um, and then we're on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter at scplaybook one.
0: You were um you were the new kid on the block this year, and you uh you managed to snag a spot in a. Uh in the inaugural champions draft comp that uh, I'm also featured in a bunch of dickheads acting like they know what they're doing. <laughs> how did you, how did you find that experience?
1: mate? very excited to get the call up. I was, I was a little bit disappointed that the actual draft night didn't happen at a pub over a few schooners, but when you've got people from all over the country, it's not quite possible, I suppose.
0: <laughs> mate, it was, it was one hell of a cracking night though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, how, how did your team turn out?
1: Pretty good. Uh, we, we copped a bit of a uh, bit of stick, so I'm doing it. I've been more of a, a classic player a, or overall player across the years. I've done draft the last few years and hooked into it the last um, couple of years. But the Supercoach Spy, who, who's a contributor for me, absolutely lives and breathes it. So he's been doing it with me and pretty happy with the side. But, yeah, cop stick. We went, went Cam Smith as, I think, our fourth pick. We had, a, to determine the order, it was at the Perth 9s. We had to draw names out of a hat. I think it was, and you got your team, and we ended up with the Cowboys. So we got to pick where we started. We were either going to go with the first pick to obviously lock in Damian Cook, who looked the safe bet in a shallow hooking position. But we figured if we could get Cam Smith at three or four and solidify the hooking spot, we could load up in a bit later pick. So went him over town Malolo, which is looking iffy at the moment, but Smith has been a pretty good start. Um... We had a bit of word that Harry Grant was pretty well locked in to make that Tigers switch. So we got him in earlier than, expect, than we probably should have as well. And now that he's starting at the Tigers by the sounds of hopefully playing 80 minutes, a um, bit, of, bit of leverage to make a nice trade there in the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping.
0: I'll be honest with you, mate. I um, I had my heart set on Harry Grant in that draft. <laughs> and you blokes went early and it meant that I couldn't get him. And I, funnily enough, we did ours. Was ours on the Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday night. So I was down the coast in Kayama. I locked myself in a in a room away from all the other boys. I did that one on the Thursday night. And then Saturday I, I had my draft with my mates, and I, I think I ended up going Harry Grant in a fourteen man comp around round five or round six. I went really early on him. I was just confident this move was going to go through. And fuck, I I copped some shit in the room that day. But it's uh, mate, it's looking good now. I'm so excited to see him run around.
1: Mate, we, we scared you off with the uh, the early move on him the night before and then you had to, had to jump in a bit earlier the next night.
0: It was scrambling. And then as soon as I picked him, <laughs> I looked around the room at the faces and I went, nah, I was the only one that had my eyes on him. Good.
1: Mate, the Great. reps on him are absolutely huge. And Walson Carlos, who came who came runner-up last year in overall super Coach, absolute footy whiz. He's done a bit with Queensland Cup and was a decent forward himself. He lives up in Queensland and he's seen a lot of Harry Green in the Queensland Cup, reckons the kid is an absolute freak. He starts out of Queensland Cup last year with like twenty plus tries here, stack of tries, line break. So he's a running hooker. Um, so there'll be plenty of attack coming with him as well. I think.
0: Yeah, I've um, I probably haven't seen as much of him as Carlos has, but uh, mate, I've watched probably ten games of his, and I've been absolutely blown away. I think he's going to be a special footballer for a long time.
1: Sounds like Queensland have got a number nine locked in for a few years to come. Hey, good on him, pricks, bastards.
0: <laughs> mate, uh, let's kick off. I guess this year, you know, everything that's gone on, it's it's a bit of an odd season. How do you feel about the way that Supercoach has gone about um, scheduling trades and everything for the rest of this year?
1: I'm not completely on board with it in that they've kept a maximum trade. So you've still got the 37 trades for the year, which I think is too many for a couple of reasons in that, I mean, the reason we have a lot of trades is to navigate through that origin period where there's the buys, there's players getting rested, um, it's really difficult. You have that super trade week in the middle of it generally, which is really good. The fact that there's no origin period this year means we've got just twenty straight rounds or eighteen straight rounds coming up, um, no interruptions. I don't think you need all those trades. Um there's no there's no value in saving trades now. You can just go gung-ho with it. Um the fact that they've brought the super trade round through to round three was obviously a good move with a lot of happening over the last couple of months. Um In saying all that, I can understand why they've done it. You know, I'm sure the newspaper or News Corp itself has taken a a hit over the last couple of months like a lot of other industries, Um, and they want to keep people engaged with Supercoach for as long as possible rather than people running out with four or five rounds to go. It'll keep people in the game on the website. Um, So I can see why they've done it, but it'll be an interesting year because it's basically a head-to-head competition this year as opposed to... When, you, when you're doing overall and you plan for these buys and you can knock off almost three-quarters of the people who enter Supercoach, um, it is pretty much just who gets the best team the quickest and jags a few nice pods.
0: Mate, you mentioned there the uh, the no origin planning. Do you now look at the strength of schedule for the guys in your team? And is that a big factor now? Or do you not look into that, um, that as much?
1: I look into it even more now because... And it goes back to having all these trades at our disposal and We've got previous years like you, you might have a team like Melbourne who are coming up against the Titans and the Warriors, um, and there might be a guy like I don't know, maybe see Valu for example, who you'd be going All right, he could go ham this next couple of weeks, bag a stack, bag a stack of tries, and get a lot of points there. Um, previous years it wouldn't be worth two trades to get him in, and he's a loose example, but because we've got so many to use. I think you can target these short-term fixtures and get people in for a two-, three-week hit, utilize that, bank the points, and get rid of them. So I think, yeah, strength of schedule becomes even more important than normal.
0: I think over the next eight weeks, um, you know, every Supercoach player is going to have to make a decision that I think we're only going to know the correct way to go about it in hindsight. It's, are the next eight weeks about scoring points or making money for you? Which avenue are you taking?
1: Look, it's a tough one. And one thing I've learned talking to to Des and Walson, who who were one and two last year, and listening to past Super Champions, is personally have probably put a bit too much emphasis on making money and having a massive squad value by the end of the year to have a gun side. It's all good and well, but you're giving up a lot of points in the meantime. Um, And them two guys have said to me last year, they just put all the focus on, if it came down to a 50-50 decision of points v um cash generation they went with points every time and yes you're setting yourself up for potentially uh, it's a bit riskier but you're banking so many extra points um so the way i'm leaning now is you know don't go too crazy with it but take the points over the cash generation every time and yeah and, and an example of that for the moment is someone like harry grant who we just spoke about who we think is going to come in and kill it the hype's there People are talking about getting him in over Blake Braley, who has the big negative break-even. He's going to make a lot of coin um, for round three, which seems stupid. But, you know, if Harry Grant outscores Braley by 30, 40 points for the next two weeks, you know, pretty invaluable sort of stuff there.
0: Tell me, mate, tell me if you agree with this statement or not, that this year, because of the shortened round, because everyone's got so many trades, that luck is going to play a bigger factor than ever before.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And the same that goes back to, you know, the diehard super coaches can sl- start slowly and bank on making up ground over the origin period because they've planned for that. They have players on the park in those major buy rounds. That's where you do, you do your legwork. This year, it's just head to head. Like, it's how good's your team? You're always going to have 17 on the park. So it's going to be an extremely tough year. And past years where you might aim to finish, you know, top 500 or top 1,000. Um, there's going to be a lot of disappointed die-hard supercoaches out there.
0: I think um, I think they've done it, and I, you know, as you said before, I understand why they've done it, but I think they've really done the diehard hard supercoach fans a massive disservice this year, the way that it's going to play out.
1: Absolutely, they have. And it's... I don't think it's worth kicking up a stink about. I've seen a few people whinge about it and moan, but look, with the way this year's going, we should be learning not to whinge about too much. You know, the NRL of... The fact that there's no origin until after the season, there's no buyers. You, News Corp, who obviously run the game, they can't have planned for any of that. They're trying to keep people interested. And as far as logic goes, you throw that out the window this year. It's just a one off year. It's crazy times. So it, it is a bit of a disservice, but I don't think they had much of a choice, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's just yeah. going to be an absolute lottery, isn't
1: it? Isn't it? As I said, it'll be whoever gets their their gun 17 as quick as they can. Um, nailing captains will be more important than ever and one, I think you'll find come round sort of eight or nine teams are going to be extremely similar um, so you, if you nail a couple of pods in that time it's they're going to be more important than ever as well Mitchell's himself at 30 look at this young athlete
0: Tell me about uh, the centre wing position. I think um, it's it's by far and away the most difficult position to try and sort out this year. If you um if you're looking into your crystal ball, you get to the last few weeks of Super Coach. Who are your ideal four centre wings? You see as the end goal.
1: Uh, look, very tough one. Um, this would be controversial, but I think by the end of season, Latrell Mitchell will be in there.
0: Completely agree, um, and
1: yep. and I just think. He'll find his groove at fullback. I don't think he's a fullback personally. I don't think he has the ball-playing ability or the work ethic to do it. But he's still probably the premier centre-wing player in Supercoach. At the moment, he's not. But when he gets his match fitness up in there, yeah, finds his groove, I think he'll be in there come end of season.
0: He's um he's one in draft comps too. If you know, I'd be looking to trade up for him at the moment. I'd be backing him in to come good at the end of the year. If your team's sitting pretty and you're pretty confident you can make the eight or whatever your comp is, I think he's a big wild card to have in your side now.
1: Absolutely he is yeah. Him um another guy I'm excited to see come back is Bronson Sherry, who again we all know how good he is, but. The centre wing position is so volatile this year. There's none of them Britain Accora sort of fellas who are gun-attacking back rowers who are safe as houses and can go big because they've dropped so much of the dual positioning this year. Gronson Sherry is just an exceptional footballer. He can score from anywhere on the field, so I think he's probably top four end of the season. Um, Katoni Stars looks good so far, but I've got my a little bit of reservations about him at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is tough, though, and I think... When when I mentioned before about how I think the teams will be extremely similar in seven or eight rounds time, centre wing is where you'll find your pods. Where many teams could have completely different makeup of four centre wings.
0: Stags is an interesting one, isn't he? You know, I sort of I'm never too keen on any bloke playing outside Brodie Croft, but a bloke also <laughs> playing outside David Fafita. I don't know. D- does it does it square up?
1: I, I think it does. I, I'm not I'm not sold on Stags. I I'll be bringing him in, and he's got that massive negative break even. He's going to earn a stack of coin. Um, He's definitely an overall buy. When it comes to draft, I'd be very wary. Um, Staggs is the kind of guy that if I did own in draft, I'd be looking to trade to move on. Um, While there's all this hype about him and people thinking, oh, how good is he? He's going to average 100 this year. What a gun. Um, I think he's going to come back to the pack when these tries dry up. Um, so yeah again big fan of him but I think he can get a, a, a far better player for him in draft
0: as far as centre wings go tell me your thoughts on Jordan Rapana uh, a lot of hype coming back in but he comes with a pretty hefty price tag
1: Jordy Rapana is probably my favourite player in the NRL I absolutely love the bloke um, but I would not be bringing him in at all Um I'm, I'm not convinced he'll start on return. I think they the Raiders have got Bailey Simonson and Nick Kotchick on the wings there. who I mean, the Raiders are undefeated. They've hardly conceded a point so far. They're coming off a grand final last year, which um, Geordie was obviously in. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Geordie miss the 17 or play off the bench um, as that sort of... Not that he offers a lot of utility value, but as that 14. Um, but even if he does get named to start, he's coming back from a stint in Japan where... I don't think he even played a game. The match fitness probably won't be there. Um, I don't think his workload will be there early on. So I'd be avoiding him. In draft, he's probably not a bad shout because, again, you're looking to the back end of the year uh, when you need these guns to be hitting their straps. But in overall, or classic, should I say, I'd, I'd be avoiding him for sure.
0: Another interesting one in centre wing, um, Isaiah Yo.
1: Yeah, another guy that... I'm looking strongly at getting in because he's got that massive negative break even. He's available at centre wing. Um, I just, I've just i got my reservations because Kurt Capel's coming back. So, Kurt Capel was, I think, 18th or 19th man for the Maroons last year. He left the Sharkies because he was a utility bench player looking for a start to press his claims to play Origin. Pan- Panthers now have in their back row Kickow, Capewell, Isaiah Yo. Um, they they have quite big reps on Liam Martin there. Fisher Harris will probably switch from lock to front row when that other back rower comes on. But I just think something's got to give with Yo, minutes wise. And I'm not sure you'll keep up that 80 minutes early on. Um, I mean, you can get him in and he'll make his money regardless and could be a potentially a centre wing keeper. But, you know, I can see him coming back to being a maybe 65 minute player. In which case, his supercoach pedigree is not that good, so I'm I'm not sold on on Yo.
0: Tell me, there's been a lot of people that have sent the question Uh Katoni Stags or Isaiah Yo. If you had to pick one of them, which one are you going with?
1: Um, Katoni Stags,
0: he's going to make that money early.
1: And Staggs has also he got a scored 121 in round two. Um, so that's in his rolling average um, for the next for a couple more weeks. So he's definitely going to make massive coin, whereas Yo doesn't have that big score to his name that'll prop him up for a couple more weeks. So if he does come out and get a 40, his break-even will drop pretty quickly, whereas you know you're going to get that big big price-size with Staggs. I think the sky's the limits for Tony Staggs as a footballer. Um, and as you said, playing behind that Broncos forward pack, the back line going to get plenty of good ball this year. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on Stags in that sense.
0: How do you feel about uh, Joshie Mansell this year?
1: I love him, yeah. I think he's, he's back to his beastly best. He's averaging, I think, about 72, pretty big negative break even. He's only a bit over 400K. Mate, he, I think he had 21 runs in round one or two and 18 runs in the other week. Um, the thing is, you look at someone like a Tony Staggs, who's... He scored four tries to prop up his scores, and he's averaging what eighty odd or something so far. Mansoor hasn't scored a try yet, and he's averaging the same amount. So when you're looking at the safety of a centre winger, there um, Mansoor's about as good as it comes from what we've seen in the first two rounds. I mean, he's set up a couple of tries, but mate, I, I think Mansoor's a serious pick, and he's only he's only about four or five percent ownership, which will obviously go up now. But yeah, I think Joshy Mansoor's a great buy.
0: Uh, one of his Penrith teammates that I think for draft players, um, if for whatever reason the numpties in your comp have left him sitting on the waiver, Stephen Crichton, if you're if you're a Penrith Panthers player anywhere in the back line and you're the next man to get injured, you're pretty fucking nervous if you're gonna get that jersey back, aren't you?
1: Mate, you're not wrong. He looks the goods, doesn't he? Like I know there was that video floating around of him. But I'm not sure if it was round one or two where he came off the bench and the camera was sitting on him. His first touch he scored a try. He looks the goods. And, and, I mean, probably the other one for draft is when you talk about guys who are looking good after two weeks and guys who probably aren't looking as good, at least scoring-wise, um, Brian Totter is a guy that can maybe pick up with the cheapest trade. Um, and a guy who's been really flat the opening two weeks at the Bunnies who you might be able to get really cheap is um, Braden Burns. I mean, certainly not in um, classic mode, but in draft super coach. I think they're two guys that you can target and maybe get away with pretty pretty cheaply.
0: Especially with the rumours. I like. I personally don't think Latrell's going back to centre, but if you can convince whoever's got Braden Burns in your comp that there's a good chance Latrell goes back to centre, fucking tell them he's overweight, tell them he's lazy, sell them <laughs> whatever you fucking need to. If you yeah. can get your hands on Braden Burns, I, I believe he's going to bounce back. I love Braden Burns. I think he's one of the premier centres um, in the game. He, he's just waiting to get a good injury run. If you can get your hands on Burns, it's a good little get, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And, and the big thing there as well, playing on that left edge outside Cody Walker, like I, I'm not sure there's a better place to be in the NRL than on that Bunny's left e- edge outside Cody because, I mean, I know Cody's got a few things going on at the moment as well, so he might not even be there for round three. Who knows what will happen? But, geez, there's some points down that edge and, and Burns will bounce back. So, yeah, try and get him if you can. Towards the short side. Ponga
0: stepping beautifully back. Still going. Carolyn Ponga steps back. Five of them. What about the footwork from the Newcastle
1: number
0: one? Tell me, uh, I've got a question here from Jim on Instagram. He asked me, um, should I trade out Kalem Ponga? What are your thoughts?
1: Absolutely not. I think people are thinking outside the square because they've had so much time to think about things. People are overthinking things big time um, and they're worried about chasing points and, and catching up ground. He's missing for one week. He's averaging over 80. He's been on fire the first two rounds. And people are looking at getting in Teddy and um, Tommy Chaboyevich and whatnot, who are set to drop a heap of coin. Ponga comes back. He's got going to make some money. Um, he does come back for a game against the Raiders, which will be tough for him. But I think people that want to trade Ponga, are, I just think they're plotless a little bit. So I'd, I'd be holding for sure. Well, I own him and I am holding even
0: with the extra trades and that Canberra game cu- coming up, you don't see the sense in it?
1: Not really. Um, I mean, Pappenhausen's probably a guy that most people are going to have or want to have. Melbourne have a really hard return to the comp, which won't help him, but just at the price, I'd I'd be wanting Pappenhausen in my team. Val Holmes is a guy who people will be looking at because he'll make a bit of money, but I'm not convinced on Val being that elite fullback for the time being with guys like Ponga, Teddy Turbo. Um... I just, I, I'm happy with Ponga in my team, and anyone that wants to sell him, I can't wait to see it. I think there's guys like Nathan Cleary missing two weeks, Dave Fafita, who sounds like he'll be two or three weeks minimum. Um, I'd be looking to trade them before I'd trade Ponger.
0: That was my next question. Should I trade Nathan Cleary? Had Cleary? Oh, sorry, do you have Cleary now?
1: Yeah, I do, and that that frustrated the shit out of me, Cleary, because he's only about 14% ownership, and he went nuts the first two weeks. Um, got Billy Walters as my other halfback, who I don't think will be named in the 17, the ties with Harry Grant there now. Um, so it's a bit frustrating, but for, there are a lot of people running that combination. And they're, if they want to playing halfback, they're, they're going to have to move one of them on. So I think I'll be forced to move on Cleary for a couple of weeks, probably maybe Scott Drinkwater, maybe Connor Watson if he gets that sole hooking role. Um, if you do have a, someone like Mitchie Moses or a good reserve halfback, I can see why you'd hold Cleary, but with all these trades available, get someone in who can. We spoke before about points versus cash. Just get those points um, for the 600k that is worth.
0: Imagine uh, ten good sorts in your house being the biggest problem you've got.
1: Hey, that's what I said. <laughs> I mean, I I don't condone, condone what he did as a footy fan, but everyone's coming out and saying what an idiot. Why would he do this? Like, what a knob. I'm like, I can tell you a few good reasons why he'd do it. <laughs>
0: I could give you 10 good reasons without a doubt. All right, let's let's uh, let's have a look. At, we spoke about him earlier. Is Harry Grant what you consider to be a must-have or are people silly to dive on him right now?
1: I think people are silly to dive on now. Um, and, I mean, just look at Blake Braley, who's averaging over 40. <clears throat> hasn't set the world up, but He's playing 80 minutes. He's got a break-even of negative 20-odds, so he's going to make a stack of coin, you know, Harry Grant, there's all this hype about him, but at the end of the day, he's played, what, a couple of NRL games. Um, he's had a new club, a new structure. Get a free look at him before his price is going to change. So I don't see why you'd need to jump on him earlier. And I know I mentioned before that it is an option to go in early, but I'll be waiting at least a week, getting the price rise from Brayley, probably two weeks worth. Um, the only reason I'd jump on him before his first price rise is I think the Tigers have got the Titans in round four, um, which could be really, really good for Grant. So I'll, he will be a must-have. Um, and in round five, that trade from Braley to Grant will be the most popular trade in SuperCoach.
0: How many uh, how many minutes are you expecting for Harry Grant over the next few weeks?
1: I think could be an eighty-minute player straight away. Um, yeah, I think he will. I'm not sold on that because I don't know where his fitness is at, but on all accounts, he's extremely fit. He's extremely professional in the way he trains and whatnot. Um, I know Bellamy loved him down in Melbourne. Madge loves him at the Tigers by the sounds of it. So he, I think he'll come in and play 80. Madge also likes playing a four forward bench and an 80-minute hooker when he can um, because of injuries to Jacob Little and a couple of other blokes. He hasn't been able to the last couple of years, but yeah, I think he'll come in and play 80.
0: I'd just like to point out before you listen to the next two or three minutes of uh, chat from the two of us that we recorded this about two hours before the Andrew McCulloch signing uh, for Newcastle broke. So um, still still pretty relevant, Chuck, with, with Conor Watson. Uh, you know, as per usual with Conor Watson, he is one injury away from being an absolute super coach superstar. So if you've got Conor Watson, I still wouldn't panic. You're still playing the long game, but be patient, um, you know, it only takes one injury in that side, and Connor Watson has a starting spot somewhere. And when he is playing, he is incredible. And quite often, you know, if they're playing a Gold Coast Titans or one of the teams that's not as strong defensively, you can normally put him in your side off your bench because you will come on and he will have impact. Tell me about another guy. He's, um, he's extremely relevant right now in both Classic and Draft, Connor Watson.
1: Yeah, Watson's a guy I'm eyeing off big time. Um, Break-even is about 30-odd, so you can afford to wait a week on him if you want to um, and have a bit of a look at him. But I'm a bit weighed – I think it was this morning um, I saw the Knights were granted an exemption by the NRL for Chris Randall to play. He must have been outside the top 25 or 30. Um So the fact that they've gone and got that suggests that Randall will probably be named at 14 and Watson will start but not play the 80. Um, Watson might still be a buy, but if he's not playing 80, there's no reason to jump on him just yet. So we'll get team this Tuesday next week. And if there's no hooker on the bench, no Randall, I think Watson absolutely you can get him at 5'8". Good replacement for Cleary if you've got the jewels there. But if Randall's on the bench, I'd, I'd probably be waiting a little bit.
0: In um in your draft comps, I think Connor Watson, even if he's not doing 80, if he's giving you 55 minutes plus, I think he is a huge target. I would be trading up for him.
1: Absolutely. hey, I think he played eight games at hooker, 80-minute games at hooker for the Knights last year, in the back end of last year, and average is like 75, 80 points or something. He's just like, he just loves running the ball. Um, and that's what you want from your hooker. Gets to the stack of work. So, yeah, in draft... I think do everything you can can to get him. And he's also another one, you know, um, Jaden Braley's out long-term. So even if he's not an 80-minute hooker yet, there's every chance that they'll they'll turn him into an 80-minute hooker when match fitness permits in a month or so.
0: Yeah, he's. Um, I had him in my draft team last year. And, you know, I spent half the season just praying for an injury in that team somewhere. Then he finally got his chance. And fuck, when he's playing nine, <laughs> I don't know if there's... If, he, if you guaranteed me he would play 80 minutes, there's not many hookers I'd rather have in my team than um, Connor Watson.
1: Mate, only him in the back end of last year would have been gold for you. It was huge, yeah. Didn't still... Still lost <laughs> in the grand final,
0: but it was nice to make another appearance. <laughs> Love yeah. a bridesmaid. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at... Now, talking about Harry Grant there... Um, as I said, in my draft, I took him pretty early and then I've sort of got this 25 minute period from my draft night where I just think, fuck, I didn't want to do that at all before (laughs) I came into it, but I got excited and did it. I drafted both of the Leilua brothers, which I took Lucy and then I got to the next round and Joey was still there and I thought, fuck it. There's no point putting a toe into the water. I might as well bomb in. So I've got both of them. How do you see that right side going?
1: Um, mate, I, I'm i so sceptical. Um, the way we saw BJ, who came out and said he was the best centre in the NRL before round one, I don't know if he's in the top 15 centres in the NRL purely because of his defence. We know what he can do in attack. Um, he had a crack the first few rounds. He was he was taking a fair few runs and, and looking very much interested, but Adj Maguire isn't going to worry about the price tag he's got on Joey Leilua. <clears throat> he... His defense was horrendous there. Luciano not as bad, but you put them two together on that edge. Noffaluma is probably not the strongest. Doesn't have the strongest defensive read on him either. Yeah, Nofaluma
0: doesn't help the cause at all.
1: Nah, and it's so it's just a recipe for disaster. And look, to be honest, wouldn't see me surprise me to see Bj play a bit of reserve grade at some. Well, there is no reserve grade, so um, be dropped out of the seventeen at some point. Luciano, on the other hand, I mean, he's going nuts. He's playing eighty minutes, scores inflated by a couple of tries, but he does look the good. So, again, I've got my reservations if Madge will stick with him as an eighty-minute player. But uh, from what we've seen so far, happy days.
0: Lucy's done really well, but I must say I was a little bit disappointed by his scores from the first two weeks, considering he play, played eighty and I, I think he scored one try. Yeah.
1: I've even been two, two
0: Yeah, like I, I, I sort of thought his base would be a little bit higher than what it was but I mean, he's in a new team, he's still getting used to that system, you know, I, I'm sure yeah. that his combination with Benji will only get better and better yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed first two weeks but I'm happy to, uh, well, I've got no fucking choices in my draft team so yeah. I'm in there for the long haul.
1: Yeah, the, the interesting one with Luch was his base isn't too bad, it's sort of early to about mid-40s I think but off the top of my head, I could be wrong here, but I don't think he had any offloads, which is very surprising for him. So hopefully, yeah, get gets the arm free a little bit more when they come back. Straight through, Pappenhausen, here's the
0: rookie. i put down the glasses, he's off, but he's gone. Who are the, um, if you had to name me five players that are absolute must haves, if, if there's five guys that you started the season without, that you're, you're, you're someone playing super coach out there, that you've now got these five trades this week to go, fuck, I need to get this shit sorted. Who are the five guys you must have in your team, in your opinion?
1: Appy Coruscant is the obvious one. Yep. Um, but I don't think um, I don't think Blake Braley is too far off it either. I think the Appy and Blake Braley hooking combination you have to have at the moment. Um, Jason Tamlolo is looking about as good as you can look as well said David for feeder until he got injured because he's cheap as chips for what he's doing um, I think Pappenhausen who's been a little bit underwhelming but he's averaging 50 odd and I don't think he has an attacking stat to his name, he's running a stupid amount, Melbourne do have a tough draw coming up but I don't think Pap's going to be a season long keeper with Teddy and Turbo and Ponga there But at the moment, at 500k, I think you've got to have him.
0: I think uh, Pappenhausen, that game against Manly, if they were playing any other team other than Manly, he would have scored three tries that afternoon.
1: Absolutely. The bloke is an absolute weapon. And I say that I don't think he'll match Teddy and Turbo, but the potential is also there that he will. I mean, Melbourne will get their home games in Melbourne, which a lot of teams don't have the luxury of doing. There'll be teams flying in and out on the same day. Um, So Pappy, yeah, he could be anything um, so they're probably the main ones. And then the guy who I just keep going back to more and more, and I don't own him, but Ryan Madison at the Eels playing outside. Mitchie Moses there, um, another one. Parra going to get a stack of games at um, Bankwest Stadium there, which is massive for points. They thrive there. Madison is just – he just churns out the numbers, massive base. He looks so likely in attack all the time. So I'd, I'd love to be a Ryan Madison owner, and I'll probably get him in this round.
0: What about, uh, about Payne Haas?
1: Yeah, Payne Haas, yeah. Obvious one. <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. So at the moment, you've got Appy, Lolo, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, Ryan Madison, and Payne Haas as your five absolute must-haves, yeah?
1: Yeah, Madison, probably not a must-have as much, but a guy I'd like to have. there. Four of them are probably must-haves, yeah. And then uh, I think Jerome Luai is probably my fifth one at the moment. He's only about, what, 270-odd K, scoring pretty well. Um, Cleary's out for two weeks so he's going to get to run the ship a little bit more than he has in the past he'll be kicking goals um, so I think a two week trade Cleary down to Luai uh, pretty good move this week
0: tell me I've got another question from Connor on Instagram he said um, who will be a season defining pot at some point this year so which guys have you got your eyes on that you think at some point I'm going to bring these guys in they're going to give me the edge
1: yeah, it's, a, it's a great question <clears throat> um, tough one to answer Look, it's easy to say in hindsight, but people who have started with David Nofaluma, and there's not many of you out there. I know I Walson, know um, who writes for us, did start with him. I was so against it because he was over 600K. He's a winger um, in, a, in a notoriously not very good attacking side. He's the kind of guy who I won't be getting in because I'm never going to pay 600K for a winger who can bust out a 20 or a 30 on any given week. And a lot of people will feel the same. But if he keeps churning out these big scores that he's done in the first two weeks, people aren't really going to be able to buy him. Um, and to be punching out those numbers at centre wing, um, I think he's, he's probably the, the big one for me um, if, he, if he can keep up what he's doing.
0: Uh, Nathan from Instagram, from my Instagram page, he asks, uh, what are your top three picks ever? So I assume he means season-defining picks that you've made, whether it be classic or draft. What are the out standout, standouts for you?
1: Question, I've... I so said I've only been in draft for a few years, and probably more seriously last year. Last year I managed to jag Bronson Sherry in like round two before anyone really knew anything about him, just from the from the wires. Um, and I also got Manu Ma'u from the wires as well at about round just before he went nuts. Um, so they were huge, and I what's are you that? doing on there? I've no idea. But, You're playing yeah, with was,
0: planks of wood.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he ended up being the best center wing in supercoats last year. So, yeah, so jagged them. Um, and then in, in overall was probably in classic, should I say, I got Val Holmes in twenty was it eighteen before he went over to the NFL. I got him basically the week that he went nuts and averaged close to 100 for the last nine or 10 rounds. Um, and that propped me up into the top, I think, five or 600 to finish the year. Um, purely off the back of Val, I think he was available at centre wing as well. So I'd probably have to go yeah with Val.
0: One of uh, one of the boys in my draft comp that same year, he got Val in, and he he was sitting he was sitting at a at around the five six hundred mark or something like that. And he um he brought Val in the exact same time you're talking about, timed it perfectly, and he ended up finishing I think he was eighty eighth that year, and just puts it all down to He just absolutely blitzed it that year yeah, with the Sharks. He, he,
1: he, if you time the Vale move there, there's there was a couple of thousand different in where you finished at that season. So it was huge.
0: Mate, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. As I said at the start of the podcast, um, if you're a Supercoach fan, you're listening right now, you need to get around the Supercoach playbook, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, jump on the website. Um, subscription, it's only $30, and the amount of content you're getting out of these guys, is it defies belief, mate. I, I congratulate you on all you've done, and it, it's come at a fucking terrible time. I'm feeling it as well with my page. I respect you so much for what you've done over the last few months and how you keep on tracking. Um, I, we didn't mention it earlier, but the people that have subscribed, what's happening to them?
1: Um, mate, it was a, it was a really good response actually. When when it all did break and and it was sort of there was a bit of uncertainty over uh, whether or not the season was actually going to resume it, at all. Um, obviously, I'd I'd invested a fair bit of time and effort and resources into the thing and. Sort of put out a, a bit of a few things on social media and said if the season doesn't get going, we'll talk about subscriptions and refunds and whatever. Um, and they were so supportive and said, you know what, the amount of content you've given us so far, I don't want my money back. Keep it that way, sort of thing. So, um, as I said earlier, the soup coach community have just been awesome throughout the first few months of, of getting the playbook going. Um, fortunately, now that we're going to get a full seat or close to a full season in, we're back to normal. Um, but yeah, so that that's how it is
0: you're doing a great job Uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of the year and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you on for another chat about Supercoach during this uh, whatever this season is (laughs) cheers mate cheers mate I'll uh, talk to you soon have a good one